Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job challenges us to reconsider our perspective of God's power. What God wants to do is God wants to lead you to a point of transformation in your own life for you to hear the word that changes you. And listen, listen to me well. When you change, you begin to change your circumstances. And welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. You know, it's easy to say that God is the creator of the universe, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful. But when it comes to everyday life, Mark, how big is the God in our life, really? Your series is called Your God is Too Small. You know, Wayne, I've discovered over the years that we have a tendency to downsize God. Mm. Sometimes because we want to manage God, and we're oftentimes more comfortable with a pocket-sized God than we are with the sovereign God of the universe. And so this series is entitled, Your God is Too Small. And we're going to look at some characters that had to right-size God, so to speak. We're in the Old Testament book of Judges today, Judges chapter 6. This message is called, God is Bigger Than Your Background. Here's Mark. I believe that we live in a day and age where we have reduced God to manageable size. Many of us have placed God and reduced God to a pocket-sized God. This God is a God that can be controlled. This God is a God that can be put away when necessary and taken out when convenient. This is a God that revolves around our life. This is a God that rotates around our needs. This is a God that can be ignored when we want to, a God that can be manipulated when we like to, a God that really serves our purposes and serves our need, much like people treat a rabbit's foot, that they keep on a little keychain, and when they need a little luck, they just kind of rub that little rabbit's foot, hoping that good will happen to them. And over this series, what we're discovering and learning is that that is not the God of Scripture. The God of Scripture is the kind of God that you can spend all of your life trying to learn and discover the intricacies of his knowledge and the mysteries of his understanding and try to discover his character, and you could devote your entire existence to it, and yet you would only scratch just the surface of who this infinite God really is. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He has no beginning. He has no ending because he is the beginning and he is the ending. He's a God that's omniscient and knows all things. He's a God that's omnipotent and has all power. He's a God that's sovereign, so he has control over all things. He is the God that's omnipresent, that there's no place on this earth or in the universe where God in some way is not present. He's the God of Scripture. And as we begin to look at the magnitude of our God, it affects the way we live, it affects the way we behave, it affects our worldview. And so in Judges chapter 6, we have the story of a man by the name of Gideon. A man by the name of Gideon. Now, if you've ever read through the book of Judges, which is right after the book of Joshua, Uh, you will realize that 
Judges read somewhat like a roller coaster. I don't know if you've ever been on, uh, I think it's called American Eagle at Six Flags. They still have that one? Screaming Eagle, American Eagle? It's either American Eagle that people scream on or Screaming Eagle. I'm not sure one of those two. But it's a roller coaster, right? At the top, when you're going up the roller coaster, you're like, yeah, this is good. I'm going to the top. When you're going down, you're screaming like, whoa, this thing's going to fall. The book of Judges is like a spiritual roller coaster. In fact, what you see in the book of Judges is that people, the people of Israel would find a leader that was a good leader, and then they would begin to get their lives on track spiritually. They would repent of their idols. They would put God back at the center of their worship. They would begin to align their lives with God, and everything would go good for a season. Then when the leader would die, they would begin to slip away from their following of God, and they would slip back into idolatry, slip back into disobedience, and then finally God would get fed up, and God would bring judgment, and when God would bring judgment, they would live miserably, and then they would call out to God and say, God, forgive us, rescue us, oh, how did we get into this mess? And then God would send another leader, and that leader would take them out of the mess, and they would repent, and then they would do good for a while, climb the roller coaster again, and then after they were at the top, they would quickly forget about the problems that they had, and they would slip fast down into the valley once again. Then when they're down at the valley, they would call out to God again. And you read this over and over in Scripture. It's like a cycle. And some of you say, those people. But oh, hey, hold on a second. Put the pause button because doesn't that describe so many times your life and mine? You've walked away from God, neglected the things of God. Oh, you believe he's there, but are not really living to him. And then suddenly, there's a crisis in your household. Your little child's taken to the emergency room, and the doctors are saying, we're not sure if there's a chance of their survival. And suddenly, you become a praying man. And you start crying out to God and praying and you pull out the Bible and you dust it off and you're reading Psalms every day and you're listening to worship tapes and you're talking about faith and calling up every prayer leader that you know. You're showing up at church on Sunday morning. You're going to home group. You're going to prayer meeting. Man, suddenly you became so religious people don't even recognize you. And you're saying, oh God, if you come through, oh God, listen to my prayer. God, I promise that I'll follow you. I'll promise I'll turn my ways around. I'll never go back to who I was. Just answer this prayer of mine. And then God somehow miraculously breaks through. The fever breaks. Your child pulls through. You're crying and weeping. People are rejoicing. You celebrate and it lasts about three months. And then suddenly, like the people of Israel, slowly but surely, your memory starts fading and those promises you made start going away and, and, and the urgency starts leaving you and you become less and less committed and by the time a year has rolled around, you're back to the same old, same old. You were on the height of the roller coaster, now you're in the depths of the valley because sometimes our spiritual memory is very, very short. In the story of Gideon, 
We pick up this story in chapter 6 when they're at the bottom of the roller coaster. They're in the valley of despair. In fact, they've been at the bottom of the roller coaster, it tells us, in chapter 6 for seven years. Chapter 6, verse 1. It says, again, oh, again, again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. It says again because this is a cycle. It says again because this is a pattern. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Now, I want you to notice who gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Who is he? God gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Do you realize that sometimes God will give you into the hands of your enemies? Do you realize that sometimes God is the author of your misery? Do you realize that God sometimes is the author of a layoff? And God sometimes is the author of your difficult time? That it's God that sometimes takes you in the midst of the storm. It's God sometimes that causes your crop to fail. It's God that sometimes allows your bank account to dry up. It's God sometimes that allows uh, chaos in the household and in the family. It's God that allows it sometimes, not because it's his will, not because of its his choice, but because he allows us to inherit the mess that we have created. You see, we never grow up if someone's always cleaning our mess up after us or rescuing, you, rescuing us from the mess that we're making. Sometimes as a parent, you have to let your child experience their own mess. Hello, mama. I know you've been cleaning up your child's room for a long time. I know you're still making their bed, but they're 22 for goodness sakes. Don't you think it's about time they learn to wash them dishes themselves, make their own bed, vacuum their own room a little bit? Hey, I know your son's 35, but isn't it about time he learns how to pay his own bills without coming to mama and papa to borrow money? Hey, isn't it about time they learn a little bit about growing up? And listen, listen. Some of you mamas have created mama's boys. And you know what? They know that they never have to take responsibility because you take responsibility for them. And you think, well, I love my little boy. And I'm going to tell you, you're loving your little boy into chaos and ruin and spoiledness because there comes a day and time where they have to mop up their own mess, where they have to experience the own seeds that they've sown, where they have to grow up. And it's what God does with us sometimes. God is a God of mercy, and God is a God of grace, and God is a God that's long-suffering, but he will extend his mercy, and he will extend his grace, but there comes a time where we refuse to listen to the conviction of God, where we refuse to go grow up, and so there comes a time where God will say, okay, now you will inherit the mess that you have created. Now you will live in your own mess. Now you will experience the difficulty and the pain of the mess that you have created. And so it was with Gideon. For years, God had shown mercy, but finally God says, you've sown the wind, now you will inherit the whirlwind. You've sown these seeds, and now you must live with the consequences of what you've sown.
You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. As we hit the midpoint of today's broadcast, we want to pause and remind you that if you ever miss part of these daily lessons, you can always find Mark's teaching on our website and listen on your own time by going to boldstepsradio.org. And if you'd prefer to have your Bible teaching session while you're out in nature, maybe hiking or biking or simply walking the block, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and access these messages right from your phone. Just go to your podcast app, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and make sure you tap the subscribe button. And if your schedule seems just too busy or too inconsistent to fit in a whole half-hour lesson, no worries, you can still find some great teaching in under a minute through the new Bold Steps Minute. Check out these 60-second teachings and start listening today. Visit boldstepsminute.org. All right, let's go ahead and continue with today's message from Mark. It's titled, God is Bigger Than Your Background on Bold Steps. The consequences for the people of Israel was that they became a defeated people. Verse 2. Because the power of Midian, which was another nation, another tribe, was so oppressive that the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. No longer could they live in cities and villages like they were used to now. They were reduced to living in caves, hiding in shelters, running for their lives. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people would invade the country. They camped on the land and they ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that finally, finally, they cried out to the Lord for help. Sometimes what precedes a God encounter, sometimes what precedes an earnest cry unto God is a time of having to hit rock bottom. Some of you are sitting in this auditorium today not because you woke up one day with an earnest desire for God and to learn His Word. Some of you are in here today because you hit rock bottom so hard you had nowhere else to turn. Uh, Some of you finally were awakened to the reality of your desperation after that divorce became so painful you considered suicide, or that addiction became so compulsive that it was gobbling your life away, or that depression became so great that you could see nothing but just a dark hole, and it was at that place, it was in that valley, it was at that area where you lingered and lingered for a long time, and finally you raised your eyes to the heaven, finally you cried out to God and you said, oh God, I've had enough. Rescue me, me, dear God. Help me, O Lord. And sometimes that's exactly the way we come to God. The Bible says that they cried out to the Lord because of Midian. 
Now, I want you to realize that it took him seven years to cry out to God. How many of you know that sometimes we go in our valley, but we figure we can handle our valley? I think I can solve this problem. I got some tricks up my sleeve. I got some people. I got some resources. I'm creative. I know how to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Hey, I've been down before. I'm getting up again. I'm getting up swinging and fighting. I can do this. I've been through worse before. Hey, my best friend is me, number one me. And some of you have been down that road, and some of you have exhausted your resources, tried your hardest, fought the most you could, battled, pulled your strings, pulled up again and again on your bootstraps, but still even then, you found yourself in the same valley without being able to pull out. And when the Israelites cried out to God because of Midian, verse 8 says, that God did something that most of us don't want because most of us, when we cry out to God in the middle of our valley, in the middle of our hole, what we want is we want a ladder. We want a solution. But sometimes when we call out to God in the middle of our problem, in the middle of our hole, in the middle of our, uh, of our valley, God doesn't always provide a ladder. God doesn't always provide a quick solution. Sometimes what he does is he sends a prophet. They cried out to God, it says, and God sent them a prophet. You see, a prophet is one that carries the word of God. And before we can experience the solution of God, sometimes we need to hear the word of God. Because if God just solved our problem, many of us would never learn. Sometimes it's in the lessons you learn in the middle of the problems, they're the lessons that are most engraved and tattooed on our hearts. You see, pain has a way of tattooing lessons deep within our soul. Uh, isn't that true? Oh, hey, you dated one time and man, was it painful. Man, did you make a mess. Next time around, you're a little smarter. And that pain is a reminder, be careful, be careful. Hey, you went down that road before, and man, you ended up with a lot of heartache, a lot of difficulty, and we are wired, we're wired to remember the pain. And the pain serves to us as an underline, underscore, highlight, hey, don't go down this road again. And unless the lesson is followed with pain, sometimes we don't learn the lesson. Pain is a gift to us at times. It's a gift to teach us. It's a gift to remind us. It's a gift to make us think again before I go down this road. And so oftentimes God will let us experience some pain, not because he doesn't love us, not because he doesn't hear us, but because he does love us, because he does hear us, and he wants to change us. Some of you have thought for some reason that if you came to God, that life would be painless. God never promised a, a painless life. Look at Jesus who fully gave himself to the will of the Father and experienced the pain of crucifixion and heartache and brokenness. Following Christ is not a painless road. In fact, it's a road oftentimes that's riddled with pain and difficulty at times, but God is there in the midst of it. And God sent them a prophet that says... 
And the prophet said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. And the prophet's there to remind them, I brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened. The prophet rose to simply say, explain why they're in the mess they were in. And the prophet rose up to say, you're in this mess because you haven't listened to the voice of God. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to jot this down. God is bigger than the mess we've created. He hears our earnest cry and makes way for a second chance. Verse 11 says, then the angel of the Lord came and sat down. I love the fact that God is a God that meets us sometimes in the middle of our messy life. Because I'm going to be honest with you, 80% of the messes that we are in, we have created those messes. And sometimes we look to people around us and say, well, they've made the mess, but the truth is that most of our messes are self-created messes. Most of our difficulties, it's a series of bad decisions that have created those messes. Most of the valleys we go into, we didn't just fall off a cliff and into the valley. We made a series of decisions that led us into the valley, and we kept making decisions until we went lower and lower and lower. Most of our messes we have created, the majority of them, and we ask God to save us, and God oftentimes will send us a word. Many of us want a solution, a zap. Oh, God, if you could just zap my husband. Oh, Lord, zap my wife. Lord, I just want you to zap her. Because if you change her, man, life would be different. I want you to zap her so that she wakes up in the morning with a smile, her hair all brushed, her breath all nice, saying, "Hun, you want a cup of coffee? I mean, I want you to just change her. Listen, listen, listen. God's not going to zap anyone What God wants to do is God wants to lead you to a point of transformation in your own life for you to hear the word that changes you. And listen, listen to me well. When you change, when you change, you begin to change your circumstances. That's our Bible teacher, Mark Job, and you are listening to Bold Steps. If you missed any of today's lesson titled God is Bigger Than Your Background, or if you want to catch up on an earlier program from this week's lineup, go online to boldstepsradio.org. When you get to the website, be sure to request your copy of this month's Bold Step gift. It's a resource that will enrich your Christmas season, and Mark is here to tell us more about it. Well, folks, Christmas is finally here. And as Christians, we have so much to celebrate. But with this wonderful time of the year comes many distractions. From party planning to gift buying, our schedules can get overloaded. And if we're not careful, the true wonder and the warmth of this season can get lost in the shuffle. That's why having a daily Christmas devotional is such a good idea. And if you'd like a recommendation, I've got just one for you. It's called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. 
Discover the joy of Advent through a unique focus on the different names of Jesus. Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, King of Kings. Each of these mighty titles teaches us something profound about our Savior. And it's all packed inside this small yet comprehensive devotional. With four weeks full of prayer, reflections, talking points, and activity plans, this engaging resource may quickly become a new family tradition. Just ask for the book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, when you give a donation of any amount to Bold Steps. Thank you, Mark. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org and make your donation there and request this Bold Step gift. Or call us at 844-615-7363. 844-615-7363. You can also send your financial gift through the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you want to make the most of your giving, consider becoming a bold partner by spreading out your donation on a monthly basis. When you sign up to give $30 a month or more, you'll get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%. This will get you half off every devotional, Bible study, and kids book at the Moody Publishers website. Sign up to become a bold partner today at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. And don't forget to sign up for a weekly free devotional, which Mark sends out to his email list every Monday. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's full of biblical insight and relevant updates and encouragement to start your week with God at the forefront. Make sure you're on the list for next week's edition by signing up today for the Bold Stepper Weekly at boldstepsradio.org. And that's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the conclusion of Mark's message titled, God is Bigger Than Your Background. That's on Friday's edition of Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.